Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, nahmadu wa nusalli ala rasulihi lameen. Amma ba'd. Inshallah, today we'll start our uh, uh, 27th uh, Sira session. And uh, we'll cover uh, some of the events that happen uh, after Ghazwatul Badr. Um, before I uh, dive into those events, I'll... Uh, I just want to cl- clarify one point. I may have made a mistake last week when I mentioned that uh, uh, Abu Lahab is the one who broke the head of uh, Umm al-Fadl. Actually, it's the other way around. Umm al-Fadl is the one who hit Abu Lahab because Abu Lahab was um, hitting uh, Abu Rafa and uh, to defend uh, uh, Abu Rafa, uh, Umm al-Fadl actually she hit uh, Abu Lahab with a, uh, with, a, with, a, with a log and that broke uh, Abu Lahab's head. Um, so that's the, the one clarification. And uh, other clarification I want to make is uh, there was a question raised last week. Um, uh, actually, the, I was explaining the uh, the issue of Abu Lahab that he commanded his sons to divorce um, two of the daughters of Rasulullah who were married to Utba and Utayba. And one of the brothers asked a question uh, that, that uh, he one of them only. Uh, divorce not, not the other actually they both did as I mentioned so just so we want to clarify and we will see today in today's talk inshallah the one who refused to divorce the daughter of Rasulullah was Abu Las the one who was married to Zainab and what we were discussing last week was about uh, Ruqayyah and uh, Umm uh, Kulthum who were married to the sons of Abu Lahab just a clarification uh, so we will remember uh, these points, inshallah. Now, <clears throat> after uh, the news about Ghazwatul Badr reached to Medina, uh, that uh, Muslims were victorious, uh, uh, Rasulullah uh, and Sahaba actually, after the battle, they stayed three days. But uh, besides uh, in, Ghaz- in, uh, in the area of Badr, but uh, when the battle was ending, there were uh, three different groups of Muslims uh, one group of Muslims actually followed the army of uh, of the of the Meccans uh, to make sure that they they are not returning back, and uh, if uh, uh, if they try to return back, they can uh, divert uh, the army of the uh, of the Meccans. And the second uh, group of people were the ones who started gathering the spoils of war uh, or the booty of war. Uh, and the third group was the one who stayed with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to defend Rasulullah to protect him in case of any kind of a danger come towards Rasulullah Now, when the battle was uh, was over and uh, there was an issue came up among uh, the Sahaba that uh, who's the one who's, uh, who, who's going to keep the, the spoils of war uh, or the mal ghanima. And the ones who gathered it, they were uh, saying that they are the one who gathered the spoil, uh, spoils of war so that belongs to them. While the one who went after uh, the, the army of the Kuffar, they said they are the one uh, who 
who who own this spoils these spoils of war because they are the one who are diverting uh, the the army of the kuffar. And the third one, they say they also uh, have the share or the part part of owner of that spoil of war. The ones who protected or defended Rasulullah sallallahu they stayed uh, with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And they, their point was that. They are the one who uh, were defending Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because if something would have happened to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that would have been a disaster for the Muslims and uh, for the Muslims. Now, while this discussion was going on, uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he actually halted everything that uh, the, those spoils of war will not be of, of war will not be distributed uh, until the the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, is uh, is revealed to him. So uh, then, Surah, the, the first ayah of the Surah Al-Anfal, or the ayat of Surah Al-Anfal, were revealed. The one that says, "Ba'alaudu billahi min shaitan al-rajim yasalunaka an al-anfal." Qul al-anfalu lillahi wa rasul. Fattaqullah wa aslihu data bainikum wa tiyallah wa rasula in kuntum mu'minin. Meaning, they ask you, O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, about the spoils of war. Say the spoils of war for Allah. It's talking about al-anfal actually. The uh, the word is al-anfal, that, uh, or the the translation is uh, the spoils of uh, 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 the spoils of war are for Allah and His Messenger. So fear Allah and adjust all matters of difference uh, among you, and obey Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu If you are believers, now uh, uh, a couple of points here. First, to understand <coughs> what does it mean by al-anfal, uh, Mufassirin actually they discuss the idea of al-anfal. Uh, they say it's a spoils of war, but when it belongs to Allah and His Messenger, what it means by that is that it's the one fifth of those spoils of war. Others say al-anfal mean all the, uh, the spoils of war. Uh, regardless, but in general, from the other uh, uh, hadith that sh- that shows that al-anfal liable rasul mean here is uh, for uh, Allah and His Messenger is the one fifth or the khums. Now. The rest of the four fifths gets distributed among uh, all the soldiers who were uh, who were there, who were present in the uh, in the battlefield. Now, even when it says uh, it's for Allah and His Messenger, in general, what it means by Allah and His Messenger in the ayah they talk talk like that. It means is the state. So when when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi is not there, was talking about whoever is ruling by the commands of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Uh, is the one who will get that one fifth for the estate. So that becomes the estate property, and the estate will distribute or uh, give it to the ones that that, that are in need. Now, that, that's one thing. Uh, second part, which is important to understand here, is this that uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu and Sahaba they waited for the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to be revealed uh, regarding uh, regarding a situation that was new for them. So that shows that any time uh, a new such situation uh, came up in the time of Rasulullah including this one, we see that Rasulullah and Sahaba did not act upon it until the command of Allah was revealed. That shows that for every action, we need a, a hukum of Allah Azza wa Jal. So we, we, as a Muslim also, we are not supposed to act until we know what is the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about the specific situation that we are in. Uh, so that goes for this, uh, because this situation was a new situation for the Muslims that they came across 
this is the first uh, major battle that happened in which Muslims uh, uh, gained some spoils of war and uh, they, 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 they had to know what is the ruling in Islam, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, that how to deal with the spoils of war. Okay. After that, um, uh, when this issue was decided, as uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ruling regarding the spoils of war, when the Muslims were on the way back to Medina, uh, when, uh, they, when they reached to uh, an area which is called Al-Sufra, uh, Al-Sufra is the area where Rasulullah commanded that another bin Al-Harith, uh, he should be executed. So Rasulullah actually uh, executed two of the people uh, on the way to Medina. One was another bin Al-Harith and the other one was Uqba bin uh, Abi Mu'id. Another uh, bin Harith, he was actually the one who was uh, the flag bearer of the Meccan army. And uh, he was one of the uh, arch criminals who actually was against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the da'wah when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in, uh, in Mecca, when he was calling the, the people of Mecca towards Islam, and uh, he was using all resources that he had to stop the da'wah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if you remember, I mentioned last week as well, these are the very same two people, uh, another bin al-Harith and Uqba bin Abi Mu'id. These two are the, are the, were the ones who went to Medina as well, while Rasulullah was in Mecca, and uh, they consulted the rabbis uh, over there to uh, to find out the the truth about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the rabbi told them that if you ask the three questions, if he knows the answer, then he is the real prophet. If he's not, then he is uh, uh, he's a false prophet, and you can do whatever you want. But in case of the uh, true prophet, these are three questions uh, you have to ask. And those questions we t- uh, were the question about the ruh. Uh, the, 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 the secret of life, the, the soul. Uh, second question was regarding the Sahab al-Kahf, meaning the companions of the cave, uh, their sto- uh, amazing story. And the third question was regarding uh, Dhul-Qarnayn, the, the king who Allah Azza wa Jal gave him the, uh, gave him the authority from east to west. So these two people were the one who went at that time, and uh, we'll talk about Aqba also. What are the other things he did? Uh, another bin Harith was another one who was actually used to compare Rasulullah Sallallahu's uh, message, the Quran that was revealed to Rasulullah Sallallahu with the stories he went and learned about the uh, about the Persians uh, to 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 take Muslim, uh, the, the the people away from the message of Islam, and they should would not listen to Rasulullah Sallallahu. Now, so uh, another bin Harith was uh, commanded to be uh, uh, to, to, to be executed and uh, according to the reports that mentions that uh, uh, another bin Harith was uh, executed by Ali radiallahu uh, and after that uh, the uh, when uh, Muslims were on on their way to to Medina uh, when they went uh, when they reached uh, another area which is called uh, Call uh, sorry, I have lost. Uh, it's called uh, Arqul Dabiya. Uh, when they reached there, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam commanded that Aqba uh, bin uh, Abi Mu'id should be executed as well. Now uh, there are uh, there is a little bit of. Uh, 
اختلاف or difference of opinion regarding uh, uh, who killed Aqba ibn Abi Mu'ayy but uh, uh, in many of the riwayat it is referred as Ali is the one who executed Aqba uh, uh, as well. Now when it comes to Aqba when he was going to be executed he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there are two reports talk about one says what's going to happen to his children and he says what's going to happen to him and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa answer was uh, they will be in the hell or you will be in the hell uh, in the hellfire so that was the uh, response regarding Aqba bin uh, Abi Mu'i or uh, in the fire actually um, and then Aqba uh, bin Abi Mu'i uh, his uh, the, the reason one of the reasons I mentioned is the reason he was executed was he uh, committed many crimes against Islam including he tried to kill Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He was he tried to strangle him, and Abu Bakr uh, Siddiq radiyallahu anhu is the one who who saved Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi Else he would have killed Rasulullah at that time. Uh, other places, what he uh, other things he did was when Rasulullah sallallahu was praying in the haram and he was in the sajda, he's the one who put the camel's uh, gut on uh, Rasulullah sallallahu shoulder. And Fatima radiyallahu anha is the one when she came and she's the one who was able to remove. Uh, uh, th- those uh, intestines of the camel from from the back of Rasulullah and he was able to uh, to get, get up after that. Uh, and besides that, there are some reports actually talk about that even that Aqba bin Abi he actually uh, invited one time Rasulullah uh, to his house for for for, for dinner uh, for for food, and Rasulullah said he will not uh, eat his food unless he become Muslim, and for the sake of uh, the guest to eat his uh, food, he, he he became a Muslim and later on he denied and he actually, uh, because of uh, Ubay bin Khalaf, the brother of Umayyah bin Khalaf, he went and uh, uh, spat on Rasulullah's face as well. Uh, so there, there are uh, other reports that talk about his behavior while he was in Mecca with Rasulullah wasallam. But regardless, uh, the reason he was killed was because of his actions done against the Islam. So, uh, uh, by the way, to be clear here, it's not the uh, issue of only uh, taking revenge or something going on here. Because uh, we'll find that uh, uh, when, when we talk about the Fatah Makkah, when the, uh, Makkah was conquered, uh, even though uh, everybody was given uh, uh, the, the amnesty that, uh, except the nine people, some people talk about 16, 10, uh, whatever the exact number was. But there were uh, only few people who were not given amnesty. But, but even among them, uh, the one who were told that they will not be given amnesty, they should be killed wherever they were found, uh, even if they are clinging to the curtain of the Kaaba, we find that Rasulullah even uh, forgive uh, most of them. Um, including the one who was a cause of uh, miscarriage to his daughter Zainab when she was uh, migrating from Mecca to Medina. So it's not it's not the issue of uh, personal things that Rasulullah was uh, was doing that actions was it was more for the sake of Islam for the protection of Islam and protection of the Muslims as a whole. Uh, it was nothing uh, nothing personal that was going on. Okay, then. Uh, uh, when uh, so when when uh, when the people of the, of the Mecca uh, who were fighting against the Muslims, uh, some of them were taken as prisoners as well. Now prisoners was another new thing, a uh, new thing for the Muslims. How to deal with them now? So uh, about the prisoners, some of the Sahaba, including 
Sa'ad bin Mu'ad. Sa'ad bin Mu'ad, radiyallahu anh, he was the head of the guards who was guarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he was one of the leaders of the, uh, of the people of Medina. And his, uh, uh, he did not like taking uh, the captives or taking the prisoners of war. Uh, and Rasulullah sallallahu looked at him and uh, he, he asked, Rasulullah asked him that uh, uh, he disliked that and his answer was in affirmation. And uh, he rather would have killed those people than uh, take them as, uh, as prisoners of war, as captives. While uh, they were taken as captives now, while they were as a, uh, taken as captives, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam consulted Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu and Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu regarding what to do with these uh, uh, prisoners of wars. So now Abu Bakr uh, Siddiq's response was that uh, we should uh, take the ransom uh, and uh, because they're all from, he said, they're all our relatives and this money can be used for strengthening uh, the, the Muslims now because they were uh, financially, they were weak at that time. So, uh, and uh, when Umar al-Khattab, radiallahu anh, his advice was to kill them all. He said they kill them and they are the leaders of the, uh, of the kufr, basically. And he even suggested that uh, each family member will go and execute his own family member. Uh, the one who have been uh, uh, taken as captives. Now, Rasulullah sallallahu uh, he accepted the advice of uh, uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu Now, when Abu Bakr, when Rasulullah sallallahu took his advice, now, it kind of a look, uh, if we don't pay attention what exactly is going on here, it kind of looks like uh, now Rasulullah sallallahu is dealing with uh, something just based on consultation, for example. No, look, the idea about consultation in Islam has to be understood clearly. That consultation is about two mubah things, two permissible things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If two permissible things are, are, are there, then it is, uh, you are making a choice within the two permissible things. And in that case, uh, uh, it is allowed to consult and to, uh, to figure out which one, which way to go. The reason was this. There is a, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says in Surah Muhammad, that says, Meaning, thereafter, either by generosity, i.e. free them without ransom, or take ransom. So, the, the, the hukum was that there was a permissibility for this action, whether, rather, whether you take them as, uh, uh, take, take the ransom, or if you want to, don't want to take the ransom and you want to, uh, you, you, you want to execute them, you can execute them. So that was a permission given to Rasulullah And while he was trying to decide between these two permissible things, then uh, he chose the, uh, the opinion of Abu Bakr Siddiq. So it's not that Rasulullah was just uh, following his desires or he was just uh, coming up with a uh, ruling of his own or something. No, rather it was by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was, the permission was there. And he chose the permission, which actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, rather wanted not him to choose. Uh, so the ayah uh, uh, that, that was revealed uh, afterwards regarding uh, what Rasulullah chose. And uh, that says, مَكَانَ لِنَبِيَ أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُ أَسْرَ حَتَّى يُثْخِنَ فِلَرْ تُرِيدُونَ عَرَضَ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ الْآخِرَةِ وَاللَّهُ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ 
it is not for a prophet that he should have prisoner of war and free them with ransom until he had made a great uh, slaughter among his enemies in the land. You desire the good of this world, i.e. the money of ransom for freeing the captives. But Allah desires for you the hereafter. And Allah is almighty, all wise. So see, here, uh, as, as I mentioned already, the permission was there for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather wanted to do it because of not uh, the, the hukum is not there. Rather, it is, these, are the, uh, the, these are the heads of uh, of the kufr who were fighting against the Muslims and uh, still the Muslims were not in a, in a very strong hold. So until they have the strong hold, they are supposed to follow this. So they, 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 they clean up the, all the mess that is created by uh, all these uh, leaders. Now here, <clears throat> the one who were fighting against Rasulullah Now, uh, so when this ayah was revealed, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi and Abu Bakr they they were crying, and uh, Omar was called upon. Omar saw Rasulullah and uh, Abu Bakr crying, so his response was that uh, uh, his response was that he wanted to know why they were crying, so he can join them crying as well. And if he cannot could not make himself matter to cry, he will at least uh, fake to cry along with Rasulullah and Abu Bakr. And uh, uh, the reason they were crying was because the, the, the command uh, that was revealed was actually according to what Umar bin Khattab wanted. Uh, it happened to be, there was a brother actually, he was asking me a question last night regarding Rasulullah uh, referred to Rasul, uh, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an as one of the muhaddath. Uh, Muhaddath is the one who uh, who says the right thing, uh, uh, and he has been. If you want to say it per se, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, bring the truth on his tongue, and Abu uh, Omar was one of those people uh, that who has who said the, the things along with uh, the ayat of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reveal according to what Omar bin Khattab said. Like this is one of the examples where Omar bin Khattab's choice was to. Uh, uh, to 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 kill the uh, asiran uh, the, the 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 prisoners while uh, uh, Rasulullah and Abu Bakr went other way but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command came what Umar al-Khattab wanted to do so this is one of the reasons as uh, Mufassirun discuss about Umar al-Khattab why is he referred as a muhaddath uh, uh, muhaddath does not mean he's getting wahi it does not mean he's a prophet uh, he is just a, 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 a person who, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose that he uh, is able to make the right decisions and his statements were according to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, wanted to be. Okay, so that, that's one of the uh, blessings or, or, the, uh, or the high rank of, high rank of uh, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu when Rasulullah is talking about that he was a muhaddath. As another hadith says that uh, if there would have been any prophet after Rasulullah it would have been Umar, uh, that actually is a clear sign that there, was, there is no prophet after Rasulullah and, uh, uh, and uh, if there would have been, it would have been Umar. So Umar was not a prophet either. Okay. Now moving forward about the uh, subject. Uh, so now the prisoners of war that was decided that uh, they will, the ransom will be taken. Uh, and the ransom that was set, set was ranged from 1,000 to 4,000 4, dirhams. And uh, uh, this amount was according to the capability of, uh, uh, of, the, uh, of the prisoners' uh, prisoners' families. 
the one who are uh, able to to free free them up. Now, uh, on the other side, the Quraysh actually, as they stop the people to do any kind of uh, uh, crying and mourning for their deceased, they actually also said, we should not hurry up to give uh, the ransom and free them up. Because if we do that, then we are showing weakness from our end. So they did not want to do that either. But the ones who were lost, uh, who had their uh, prisoners there, somehow they were trying to sneak uh, to Medina and get, get their get their people freed up. Uh, among the uh, among the people who were prisoner of wars were uh, uh, some of the people who were very close to Rasulullah sallallahu as well. That included Abbas radiyallahu an, included uh, Abu Las, the who was the the husband of Zainab radiyallahu an, the the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Uh, and the brother of uh, Mus'ab ibn Umar, uh, uh, Abu Aziz was there, uh, and Suhail bin Amr. Uh, Suhail bin Amr uh, is another big leader of the Quraysh, uh, and, and on and on. Now, uh, and also the, one more person I want to mention is about the son of Abu Sufyan was there as well. Now, uh, while these prisoners were along with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Rasulullah distributed them among the Sahaba. And they were directed to take care of them well, to a point that they used to give better food uh, to the prisoners than for themselves. Uh, they would rather give. Uh, and one of the stories talk about that. That one of the prisoners of war, uh, I should talk about Abu Aziz, and uh, he was given better food than the ones who were uh, taking care of them. And he felt shy to eat that food because. The ones who were, uh, to, to, uh, whose house he was at, they did not have enough to eat. But they were making sure that the prisoner of war, he is getting enough to eat. And that was the case uh, uh, along with all the prisoner of war, prisoners of wars. So, uh, uh, so that's about the prisoner of wars. And now when it come, came to the people, Abu Aziz, the brother of uh, Musab, his mother uh, sent uh, a person with... Uh, First, she find, asked for how much money they're asking for for the ransom. Uh, and she asked for what is the maximum amount they're asking for. So she wanted to uh, make sure that uh, her son gets released. And she gives the highest amount. And she paid uh, 4,000 dirham to release him. Now, when it came to uh, Abu Las, uh, the husband of Zainab, radiallahu anha, uh, she sent uh, uh, one of the necklaces that she had. Uh, that belonged to Khadija radiallahu anha, the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And by the way, Abu Las was the son of the, the sister of Khadija radiallahu anha. So meaning, uh, she was uh, uh, she was the uh, he was a, uh, he was the son of the khala of uh, Zainab. Uh, so when that necklace was sent as the ransom for. Uh, Abu Las, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw the necklace and he recognized the necklace because that's the necklace Khadija radiallahu anha, she gave uh, Zainab radiallahu anha as a wedding gift. And Rasulullah sallallahu uh, uh, he had tears in his eyes and he asked the Sahaba if it is okay with them, then we can give this uh, necklace back to Zainab. So even though he is the, he's the head of uh, the, the state there in Medina. He is making sure that he is not acting unjustly because 
the the ju- justice was that uh, the, uh, others are getting freed by, with the ransom. So so would the, uh, Abu Lasbi, and uh, he asked for it. If they allow, then if they would do, it. and the, the Sahaba allowed it, and so Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam returned Abu Las with the necklace back to the uh, uh, back to Mecca, but with this condition, when Abu Las uh, make it to Mecca, he will send Zainab back because he was still a mushrik. And uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, did not want him to stay with Zainab because it was not allowed for the, for the mushrik to be with the with the believer. Now uh, uh, Abu Las agreed. He went to Mecca, and uh, he uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu also sent Zaid bin Harith so he can uh, uh, and another Sahabi so they can bring back Zainab along uh, with them. Now. And they decided that they will meet at a certain place, and uh, and Abu Las will bring Zainab, and they will bring Zainab from there to Medina. Now uh, Abu Las, he fulfilled his side of the story, uh, side of the uh, agreement. He went there, and he uh, he sent uh, uh, Zainab with his uh, brother Kinana, and. Uh, to 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 meet Zaid bin Haritha and uh, and uh, the other Sahabi uh, at the location that they decided. While they were on the way, uh, the Meccans they saw uh, they, that they are leaving. Uh, so now here uh, uh, they did not want uh, the the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to to leave the Mecca like this. It's, they did not really care much about the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rather, it was more of the issue was that they just lost uh, in Ghazwatul Badr, and they felt that this would have been uh, uh, it's like a uh, the, the, this would have been um, showing showing the weakness from the Meccan side that not only that Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, was uh, victorious in the battle, but also that he was able to take his daughter from. Uh, from Medina, so that would have shown their weakness, and they did not want this weakness to be shown to the people. And Abu Sufyan, uh, he uh, he went to the Kanana, and by the way, over there when they were there, uh, there's a guy named Hubbar. He is the one who threw uh, uh, who wanted to stop uh, uh, Zainab, and he, uh, when he was there, uh, he hurt Zainab in a way that she had the miscarriage. She was pregnant at that time, and uh, uh, she, she she lost the baby. Now. Uh, after that, Abu Sufyan uh, started talking to, to Kanana and he told them, look, it's not that we have anything to do with the daughter of Rasulullah We don't care about this if she leaves or not. But uh, we don't want her to leave in the midst of uh, all this crying and everything is going on in Mecca right now because they have lost their belo- beloved ones. And now also you will take the daughter of Rasulullah in open. If you want to take, uh, to take her, that's fine, but let this situation cool down. Take her out after a couple of days, uh, and that people would not know, and you you, you can leave. Uh, she can she can go back to Medina, and that's that's what uh, Kinana did later on, and she was able to meet uh, Rasulullah in Medina. Now Abu Las, uh, he was a he was a very honest person, and. Uh, uh, in the uh, when Rasulullah was in Mecca, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the talk, uh, when the, the Quraysh uh, were, they reached out to uh, Abu Las and he they wanted him to divorce the the daughter of Rasulullah Zainab as well, like uh, Abu Lahab did uh, approach his sons Utba uh, and Utayba, and they did divorce uh, the two daughters of Rasulullah but Abu Las he did not agree with them. 
and uh, he said he will continue to be married to, to Zainab. Now, uh, Abu Ras was an honest person and uh, he was famous for trade. He used to take the, uh, the, 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 the mal or the, uh, the belongings of the Quraysh to, uh, to, 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 to Sham and uh, bring it back. Now, after the Ghazat al-Badr, when he, he went to Sham and he was bringing his belonging back, uh, one of the uh, one of the groups of the Muslims that was sent by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam after this caravan, they uh, they got the caravan. They they were able to uh, collect. Uh, they were able to take all the malaganima or the spoils of that small war that happened. They looted that uh, caravan and they they brought it back. But uh, Abu Las was able to to run away, and she actually he actually went to the house of Zainab radiallahu anha. And she gave him uh, the she gave him the protection. And while they were pr- uh, praying, uh, I believe it was one of the Statul Fajr. And when uh, the Salah started, she said from the back that she has given the protection of to Abu Las. And after the Salah was over, Rasulullah clarified that he he was not aware of. Uh, of her given the protection uh, he knew as much as uh, anybody else and uh, if somebody is given a protection by one muslim it is a protection by all the muslims so it's not that he was saying talking about that just because she is the daughter of rasulullah that's why he is giving the protection but rather because of she's a muslim who asked for prote- protection and he gave the protection and after that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he uh, asked the sahaba if uh, the the wealth of uh, uh, that was taken from Abu Las can be given back. Again, he said, it's up to you. If you do that, this is good. If not, this is yours and you can distribute. Sahaba, they gathered everything, including the, small, the, the smallest item that they took and they gave it back to Abu Las. Abu Las, he took everything back to Mecca. He gave, returned everything to the people of Mecca first. And then he said, he's a Muslim and he's going back to Medina. Now, the reason... Abu Las did that way, radiallahu an, was because he, uh, uh, he wanted to make sure that people understand that he did not become a Muslim so he can get the, uh, his belongings back from, uh, from the people of Medina. Okay? And he wanted to make sure that he is returning everything that he had for the people of, uh, of Mecca and he returned everything and he showed his Islam after he had the upper hand, meaning he has done everything that he was supposed to do and show to the people that, okay, look, I am not becoming a Muslim because of, uh, of a weakness or anything. He became a Muslim because he, he chose to become a Muslim because that's the right thing to do. So that, that's what the story of Abu Las was, the, the, the husband of uh, Zainab. And when he went back, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, uh, allowed both Zainab and Abu Las to be together again and they did not have to do the aqad uh, nikah again. Uh, this is where the rulings regarding comes up. If somebody becomes a Muslim, uh, a, a husband and wife, and the uh, wife becomes a Muslim, and now the husband can, is still a non-Muslim, how, do you t- uh, how does the marriage go now? Because in Islam, a Muslim woman is not allowed to marry uh, any any non-Muslim. So in that case, he is he if he becomes a Muslim as well, then the marriage continues on. If not, then the separation happens. Okay. So that's the story about uh, uh, Zainab and Abu Las. Uh, 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 now 
Abbas was also released uh, because on the, uh, on the permission of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he asked the Sahaba and they allowed him to be sent back as well. Now about uh, the story regarding uh, uh, Suhail bin Amr. When Suhail bin Amr, he was uh, very uh, uh, he, he was famous for his poetry, and when uh, Omar radiallahu an he saw uh, Suhail bin Amr. His response to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was uh, that Ya Rasulullah, allow me to break his front teeth, so his tongue will hang out and he will not be able to say the things that he says, uh, meaning the poetry. Uh, and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's response was that uh, leave him alone; he may say something later on that you will like what he said, and. Uh, this is the same Suhail, uh, Suhail ibn Amr, uh, bin Amr, who was the one who came from the people of the Mecca uh, to make the treaty with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam at Sulah Hudaybiyah. Uh, and his son came, Abu Jandal, who uh, was chained, and uh, the treaty was not signed yet. But uh, he said uh, that we have already. He told Rasulullah sallallahu we have already agreed upon this that anybody who came from Mecca. Uh, comes from Mecca and try to go to Medina, then uh, he should be returned back to Mecca. So Rasulullah agreed with him and he left Abu Jandal with uh, Suhail bin Amr at that time. So Suhail was non-Muslim at that time. The statement that Rasulullah said was actually about that that came true after Rasulullah. So uh, when Rasulullah passed away, most of the Arabian Peninsula actually, or Jaziratul Arab, they became apostates and they, they, they left Islam or they were leaving Islam. And Suhail bin Amr was the personality in Mecca who kept the people intact because of his, uh, uh, the, the way he had the authority over the people and the, the way he used to talk. He reminded the people and he kept intact and they continued to be, be Muslims. And this is what Rasulullah was referring to about Suhail bin uh, Amr. Uh, the other personality was uh, Amr bin uh, Abi, Sufyan, Abi Sufyan. He was the son of Abu Sufyan. When he came as a captive, Abu Sufyan said that he doesn't want to pay any ransom. And if, he, if they want to keep him, they can keep him. If they want to kill him, they can kill him. And uh, that, that was his attitude towards uh, his son because of the, uh, the anger that he, he was in. But what happened was, uh, one of the Sahabi, Sa'ad bin Nu'man, Sa'ad bin Nu'man, he was an old Muslim, and he went to Mecca to perform Umrah. When he got there for the Umrah, because, uh, uh, because it was allowed, they, this was the agreement, that for the Umrah and Hajj, the Meccans will allow the Muslims to come and do the Umrah and Hajj at that time. So when he went there, Abu Sufyan actually, he arrested him and he took him as a, as a prisoner and then uh, he, he sent the news to, uh, to, to Medina, to Rasulullah wasallam. Now the family of Sa'ad bin Nu'man, they came to Rasulullah wasallam and they told them the story that this is what happened. So now the, the son of Abu Sufyan, Amr bin uh, Abi Sufyan was released in uh, in replacement of 
Sa'ad bin Nu'man. So Sa'ad bin Nu'man was released by Abu Sufyan and Rasulullah Sallam released his son Ahmad bin Abu Sufyan. So uh, that's the, uh, the, these are some of the stories regarding the people uh, who came as the prisoner of wars and how Rasulullah uh, uh, took care of uh, those prisoners. Uh, one more thing was uh, the people who were not able to pay the ransom, uh, for them it was if they were literate, and the Meccans were quite a few people were literate, and in the Medina was not the situation. So Rasulullah allowed them that if they can teach how to read and write to to ten of the children, then they will be released. So at the moment they they are ready to how to read and write, they were released. So that's the other part of the people who were released that way. Um, <clears throat> now after Ghazbatul Badr. Uh, we see that actually there is a lot of uh, hatred that was coming from the from the Yahud and the Mushrikeen, in even in the Medina area also. Now, what are those two? Why these two categories of the people? So the people, the, the Yahud, actually are the, the Jews. They, uh, they they already hated Rasulullah because he was not uh, from them and he was an Arab. And that was enough for them to keep the grudge against Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the uh, the mushrikeen they were Bedouins, and they were in general they used to their living was mostly by they would go and loot the, the, the caravans and uh, whichever way anybody's passing by somehow they will uh, steal the wealth from them. This is how their their living was. So now the Islam was coming out as uh, as a new way of life and uh, the things. The, the, the way that the Islam was dealing with the, uh, with the situations, the, these Bedouins, these Mushrikeen, they felt that they will lose uh, their way of living. Uh, so they, they had some hatred towards Rasulullah As And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually mentions in uh, Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you will surely find the most intense of the people in animosity towards the believers to be the Jews and those associates with Allah, the Mushrikeen. Uh, uh, and I go, And you will find the nearest of them in affection to the believers, those who say we are Christians. Uh, this is because among them are priests and monks and because they are not, not arrogant. So this ayah actually was not revealed at the time after Badr. Rather, it was revealed actually about when, uh, when the Muslims, they approached uh, uh, the Najashi. And the response of the, uh, uh, of the Christians uh, of uh, Ethiopia, or uh, in this case, the king also and the people, was much more affectionate compared to what Muslims saw with the Yahud and the Mushrikeen. And that's the reality. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says, this is because of the humbleness that they do have. And uh, because they have knowledgeable people and they have monks also. And they, do not, they are not arrogant. So they are more uh, willing to listen when the message is presented to them. Uh, and this is what so one of the Mufassirun uh, ibn Kathir uh, says about the tafsir of this ayah. Uh, but uh, now the, these, these Yahud and these uh, 
uh, these uh, mushrikeen. Among those mushrikeen, some of them actually they turned into hypocrites. They were munafiqun. Uh, and uh, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, uh, Ubay bin Salul, he was the uh, he was the head of those munafiqin uh, who came out of these mushrikeen. And uh, uh, so they, they, they are the one who started planning and plotting against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So these Yahud and these Mushrikun, they, they started uh, start plotting against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And inshallah, we'll talk about uh, uh, the events that happened after this uh, in, in the next week, uh, that uh, the other expeditions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made uh, uh, around, the, uh, around the Medina area. So we'll stop here, inshallah, and uh, if there is any uh, questions or comments about the subject that's covered today, inshallah, I'll try to answer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.